Hello there, welcome to May Fight Club. Yours truly, Manny G. I'm here to introduce this interview we're about to show you with Sajara Eubanks. It was videotaped about a month ago, month and a half. By far, one of the most informative interviews that I've ever done. I learned more about the UFC in this interview than I had from any other fighter interview. And some of the things I learned are not so common knowledge. Before you pass judgment on Sajara Eubanks, if you're thinking it's just low-level women's MMA or she got cut and weight issues, whatever, hear what she has to say. She has an interesting take on a few things. She talks about everything from Mark Zuckerberg during a fight car that most of us might have forgotten. She talked about fighting in the Apex. We touch upon the Power Slap League. A lot of interesting topics. Without further ado, let's start the interview. Here we go. Saturday morning for me. Are you usually up early in the morning? Yeah, I'm up um, all the time in the morning. We usually, um, I'm usually at practice around this time, so I'm relaxing this weekend, but I'm up by like 7.38 every morning. My my wife and I we have we have kids and we also have dogs and cats so we we have to get up early it's sort yeah. of like you know routine but I wouldn't consider myself a morning person first of all I want to welcome you this is Sajara Eubanks to our show here in May Fight Club and we're going to talk to the UFC fighter about her career a little bit of background on her and just her her recent status you know in the UFC and what's going on with her career so first background on you you're from the northeast right you, you went to to college also northeast give us some some background on you and your your sports throughout high school and then into college awesome um first Manny, thanks for having me on it's a pleasure uh yes i grew up i was born and raised in springfield massachusetts it's a little town um, before everybody wonders is it near boston it's like nowhere near boston it's like two hours away <laughs> um but we're a little um little city in massachusetts with a lot of fight a lot of grit so I didn't play a lot of sports. I did play uh, JV high school girls basketball, which I probably scored six points over three years. <laughs> I wasn't very good. <laughs> I was the bruiser. I was um, okay. there to like set picks and like I got fouled out somehow and didn't score any points. But <laughs> that's how my high school basketball career <laughs> went. Um, and then I actually got really into tennis my senior year. And when I went to college, I went to uh, Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, um, and was able to walk on to the tennis team there. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. A little bit more success in tennis, but not by much. I still wasn't um, the best tennis player you've ever seen in your life, but I did pretty good. Um, I did a couple of years at Morgan State University before I dropped out to do jujitsu and um, started doing jujitsu in 2007. Okay. And um, just sort of snowballed and my career started to take off from there. Okay. Now, your foundation is in jujitsu. I'd say you probably feel more confident, or not jujitsu, in the ground game. You probably feel a little better in that part of your fighting. Not that you can't box, but I, I'd, I'd be safe to say that's where you, you know, butter your bread. Yeah, very safe to say that. I'm a grappler. Um, I did eight years of grappling before I threw my first punch. So for sure, jujitsu, black belt on the ground is where I want to be. Now, the first time I ever saw you was in a UFC fight. But then it was not soon after that that I looked you up on the old Ultimate Fighter you know, shows, just you know, replays and whatnot. And can you recall what that was like? Because <clears throat> I haven't interviewed someone about who actually, you know, I had Raquel Pennington on here was she on that show i can't remember here's the point i feel like i haven't interviewed a lot of fighters who've been on that show and haven't really asked them what it's like can you give us what it's like to be on that show the environment you know the good the bad the ugly 
Yeah, um, that show was freaking wild. Uh, it was like <laughs> the wildest experience of my life. And to be honest, like I was a fan of the Ultimate Fighters. So I watched a lot of the seasons before I was on it. That's I still cool. think, yeah, it's awesome. Like it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And as a fighter, like as my career, probably more, like still probably the proudest eight weeks of my career, um, because. And our our season wasn't like wild, like we didn't have a lot of like drinking or fights or crazy stuff. But like, so first of all, it's an eight week process, mm-hmm. and the first two weeks is pre filming. So you're you're, but your isolation is the whole eight weeks. You can't have your gotcha. phone, no books, no no TV, no no phone. Did you people hear that? <laughs> no phone, no books, no music, no radios, no TV, wow. like. They wouldn't even let us have magazines. We had to go weekly for a physical and we would try to steal like the magazine. <laughs> like that's how thirsty we were for like, we're like, what's going on in the world? We had no idea. Um, it was nuts. Um, and then you're locked in a house with a bunch of girls that you never met that you're going to fight because we were in a tournament style. So we all kind of day one, we were all kind of looking left and right. Like we're going to have to. And for me, I didn't know. Like, we know it's tournament style, but for me, it's like round robin. Like, any one of y'all can get it. So, I'm like, 15 other girls, I'm like sizing each one of them up. I, I recall, uh, just a quick little side uh, yeah. note, I recall there was some, I wouldn't say, you know, beef would not be the right way to describe it. Um, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, you're from the Northeast. Beef is when you really have an issue, but you had a little bit of a, a moment of passion with, I guess, some people that maybe have, you know, talk a little shit or yeah, you know, just sure. talk about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the story of the season was my weight cut. It seems to be the story of my life and my career. <laughs> but uh, the reason my weight was so heavy in the Ultimate Fighter is we had just had a baby, and so I was in like mom mode. I had I didn't give birth, but my partner did. But yes, and and partners do gain weight. Uh, it, it does happen. It's real. So even yeah. if you're not carrying the child, and yes, you can attest to this. All right. So I came in the show like pretty heavy. Um, so I was going in for my, I had just won the first round versus Maya Stevenson. I got a submission first round, um, or second round, I think. And we were going into round two of the bracket and I was supposed to fight, um, my roommate, uh, Deanna Bennett. And we were cutting weight together and I got down to, hopefully you don't hear that, my phone's like dinging. We got down to like a quarter, um, quarter pound and, uh, I think this might have been no this was after i cut my hair so we got down to a quarter pound i didn't have any more hair to cut and they gave me another they gave me another hour to cut and so of course being the reality show all the other girls were hoping i would miss weight and somebody who had lost already would take my spot so lauren murphy was on the green team with eddie alvarez and she had left the team to go over to blue team justin gaethje some get got another hour i'm trying to get in the sauna to cut the weight and lauren murphy jumps in the sauna before me and is on the bike in the sauna like cutting weight trying to take thirsty. my spot <laughs> my spot thirsty thirsty from brooklyn thirsty yes so you know i'm like yo you gotta get out and i'm like cutting weight like 126.25 so i'm like zapped out I'm like, bro, you got to go. And she's like, this is my opportunity. And I was like, fuck you. And so I found the bag of ice in the sauna, like chucked it at her. (laughs) (laughs) When you see it in the show, they don't get a good angle. But I I was like, wrong. I tried to throw the bag of ice at her. And it's a little skirmish. They kick her out the sauna. And then afterwards, I make the weight. And I'm like, yo, I find her in the crowd. I'm like, don't ever try that shit on me again. Like, that's my Mm -hmm. fucking spot. Like, don't ever try to come in my sauna. And there was a lot of controversy out there. Some people were like, oh, you should have let her cut. And I'm like, she's on another team. She's trying to take my spot. 
and it's my it's not your opportunity this is mine you're trying to take food off of my table so yeah. we had a little scuff up um i think lauren murphy still has beef with me probably but who knows <laughs> probably not um, but for we ended up settling that beef because she was my first fight out after the ultimate fighter um and we got a nice clean unanimous decision over her, so we okay we settled, we settled that beef <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I I don't often get a chance to say this, but the Ultimate Fighter, especially those moments in in those seasons that I've watched, that was some good authentic drama. It didn't seem to be manufactured. When you're cutting weight, you're also very irritable, and that's just natural too. You saw some of that. I do like those moments. I haven't watched every season, but I did watch a handful. A matter of fact, let me ask you: Have you heard about possibly Conor McGregor and? I don't know, maybe Gaethje or Chandler or someone ha having them possibly do the show. Any thoughts on that? Um, I did hear the rumor. Personally, I think the show's falling off a bit. I think I was I was 26. I think they did one more season after me. Then they took a break and they brought it back. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw the new season. It was like, yeah, like putting I, me to sleep, bro. Isn't it? Isn't it? You know what? And uh, here's. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest because I I got into mixed martial arts heavy like about three four years ago you know I had been like a, a fan from a distance and then I really got into it a few years ago so I wasn't really you know the the people that have been around the game like 15 years 10 years or like yourself in the game um, you know about the the legends of the Ultimate Fighter and some of the you know the high points um, but from whatever that was and I've gone back and looked at some of it to now it has fallen off a ton it's awful now. It's awful. It, you have to. I assume it's the production because the Ultimate Fighter back in the day was on Spike TV, and then it went to Fox. I was on one of the last Fox Sports seasons. Okay. So I'm guessing with ESPN, maybe the production's different. It. I, I mean, mean this is another conversation, but I could I could probably point out two or three really good YouTubers who do like mini documentaries who could take that show and probably spice it up because it seems like you said the production is just. It's just dry. There's like it's 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 it seems also like it's low budget, which makes no sense because it shouldn't be low budget. No, it shouldn't be. It looks like they've like into me. Like I also think I could be getting off into another topic. I also think I'm more like old school, and I think the fighters now a little bit more spoiled. I think the fighters coming into Ultimate Fighter are kind of like, and it did look a little. It felt a little bit more manufactured. Mm -hmm. It felt like mm -hmm. the fighters on the show were like, <sighs> like they were just yeah. they were just trying too hard. Um, so I think it's which comes to me down to production because it's really the other thing about the Ultimate Fighter people don't know Dana White, Mick Maynard, none of the people, none of the UFC brass picks who's on the show. It's the producers of the show who pick who's going to be on. Oh, so it's, so it's like fully reality show type of shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> like who picked me to be on the show had nothing to do with like fighting in UFC. They picked wow. like the TV producer picked me. Okay. So, like it's the it's the TV producers and the directors who pick ultimately who's going to be on there. I'm pretty sure Dana and there's pretty sure people who can be like put this person on. But like most of the most of the auditions and stuff are decided by the TV producers. You just mentioned Dana. I've got to ask you this slap league. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're on social media, there's like two sides to this fence. There's the one side is people like, how dare they have this? slap league and how dare they you know i guess allow it to happen and all the traditional mixed martial arts fans have all their panties up in a wad they're all bent out of shape and then the other side of the fence is people who are like whatever um it's whatever people smacking each other around they don't really care i don't know where i stand so much because i'm not that much of a 
Like, I'm not a tight ass, so it's like, do what you want to do. You want to smack each other around? Go ahead. But have you seen this? You have any thoughts on this craziness? I've only seen the clips that go by on Instagram, and that's enough for me. I, <laughs> I think I'm less worked up about the Slack League than I am about it being so intimately tied in with the UFC. That's um, the weird part, right? Okay, yeah, talk about this. That's <laughs> the, I, I did the, they have referees out there, like I saw with Mike Jackson. I saw referees like Herzog, and I'm like, time out. Like, and then Dana's on the on the side watching. I'm like. This is just like Contender Series, just like Ultimate Fighter, but slapping. <laughs> it hurts. So I just got released from the UFC, and part of it was like me. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. no. To go. And, and it's not, oh, no. I kind of want it out, and I wanted to move on to my career. Um, okay. This is my first interview since the release, so we can talk about it if you want. But okay, mostly, okay. like, uh, I kind of got myself fired a little bit, I'll be honest. But because like, <laughs> I wanted to shop around a little bit, and you can't shop around as a when you're signed under contract. And, like, a lot of it, I mean, obviously, I love being a fighter, and the UFC is one of the prominent promotions for, for fighting and martial arts. But this last, like, on the way out, especially, like, I'm kind of glad I'm not affiliated with it, personally. I'm kind of glad I'm not affiliated with Slap League. Because for me, um, I'm if I'm going to pick one side of the fence, I'm probably more on the tight-ass side. Because for me, I've given eight years of my life to the ufc give or take and this is something that i'm proud of i'm proud of the work i've done in the cage and it's like you know you're gonna come to the same arena with the same font with the same it's like a copy and paste of the ufc except now. it is it's in the apex right yeah it's in the apex they're the same refs and then dana don't even come to the apex fights no more dana don't even come to the ufc fights no more but he comes down to the apex to watch power slap so i kind of thought i think it's cheesy Obviously, there's a market for it. Obviously, people. But to me, it's a little disappointing in the sense that, like, I was hoping over the course of my career as an MMA fighter and as a UFC fighter, that with the popularity surge that we gained over 2020, that we would become a respectable sport, that we would become tennis, golf, basketball, football, where fans, promoters, athletes where everyone respects us as athletes like no one goes up to a football player and is like bro i bet i could fucking run faster than you no one does like no one goes up to like tom brady and is like i can throw further than you right but there's something about fighting where people think that we're not like that we're like oh like I, you have no idea how many guys are like i bet i could take you i'm like bro mm -hmm. i freaking smash you you have no idea and so i was hoping that with the popularity of ufc that the education of the sport would grow, like sports knowledge would grow, like more about how the fights are scored, how they're won, how they're fought. I thought that as fans and as media, um, it would become a more developed sport. And then it starts to turn into Slap League. So it's not, it's becoming like Brawl, which is what it was in 1990 when it was in Alabama and no one was paying attention. It was just like, who could watch this freak show? And I feel like we're starting to turn into a freak show again. And it's disappointing. I got to tell you, you brought up something that I didn't think about because I'm not a fighter. And from the fighter's perspective, I could see exactly the point that this is a bit of a of, of a freak show circus thing. And it's and it's directly tied into, you know, your organization. It, yeah. It's it's uh that's that is weird that that from from that perspective. And again, when I saw the the referees out there, I thought to myself, and maybe I'm out of line for saying it, but you know how like Adam Sandler does movies with all the same type of actors because he's got like his buddy, his his crew. I'm like Dana, 
Dana's out here just rolling with his boys. Like <laughs> he's got all his people out here. Like he's got all his minions. He's got the referees, the, the drama, and um, I will it. See, it's a. I'm like, damn, he's got a monopoly. This guy's the Don. But so you got you got released. I, I, you know, it's never easy going through that. If you don't mind me asking, I, I assume it was, you know, multiple things. Maybe maybe we're adding up. But the weight cuts have been your Achilles heel. What do you think is the cause of that? And was that part of the result of why they decided to release you recently? I'm sure it's uh, had to do with the release. I, I think it's multiple things, too. Um uh well i'll start at the beginning of 2022 um i i let go of my manager ali and just became self-represented and so that wasn't necessarily a bad thing between me and the ufc but i noticed that the communication is a lot harder when you don't have a manager so just the communication sort of understanding where you are with the company sort of like knowing what's going on becomes more vague um, so just a little bit of that. And so we had a few fights fall through. Um, there were two fights that fell through with Marina Rose. Mm -hmm. um, the first time she pulled out, the second time I had to pull out. So I don't think that had anything to do with it, but there was, you know, just a lot of time not being active. Mm -hmm. And those tend to cut people for inactivity. So not like that was my fault per se, but there was some inactivity for the early part of 2023. And then towards um, 2022, and then towards the end of the year, um, I started to ask for things that, you know, I don't know if it had anything to do with me being cut, but I wanted to ask, I didn't want to fight in the apex anymore. So I was offered a couple of fights that I turned down just cause I didn't want to fight in the apex anymore. I fought in the apex since pre COVID, uh, since COVID. So I haven't had my family or my friends be able to come out to any of my fights since 2020. So I just asked for open venue. Like, could we get Orlando or San Antonio or just somewhere where I can have, uh, my family. And they told me no. Then I asked for tickets. If I was going to have to fight in the Apex, could I get tickets? And they told me no. So then <laughs> I was like, I can't get a ticket to the Apex for my mom. And my they were like, no. So then I was like, okay, well, can I get a different opponent? And they were like, no. So I kind of felt like, all right, well, screw it. And so, you know, I think that in combination with the weight cut probably had to do with the whole thing and all of that in combination had to do with me not being really excited to fight for the UFC anymore anyway. So when the release came down the pipe, I kind of was like, all right, well, you know, and I'm, I'm one of those believers that when one door closes, another one opens. So I really wasn't that mad when I got the call. I was like, all right, well, I have to ask the question about the tickets there. That seems brutal. Now it may differ because they treat different athletes differently. But is that standard? If you're fighting in the Apex, even if, let's say, your main event, you don't have any access to a ticket or tickets for family or friends to attend that? Um, well, I can't speak on anyone else's contract. Okay. Um, but from the other <laughs> UFC fighters I have talked to, um, and I do, I have talked very, with personal UFC fighters that I know, um, it is not, it used to be so pre-COVID, it was written into our contracts that we got four comp tickets. So we always got four tickets to a fight um, and give or take. If you was rubbing elbows and you was and you Dana liked you, you got a few more tickets thrown in on the top. You know, <laughs> when I was with Ali, he used to give me like six, seven tickets. But it was okay. written in that you got four tickets to, to your fight. Okay. Once the COVID started, venues were closed. When the COVID lifted and they kept the fights in the Apex, they never rewrote those comp tickets back into the Apex contracts. So 
I have seen fighters get comp tickets post COVID to open venues, like public venues that you see at T-Mobile or mm -hmm. like at Orlando. I believe they're back giving comp tickets to those venues. However, fighters in the apex, our, at least my contract, mm -hmm. right? Those comp tickets were not written into the contract. Okay. So you gotta like ask for them. You just have to be like, Hey, can I? And that's when it becomes favoritism. I've seen fighters like, Macy Barber have six people there. She's not a champion in any way, but I've seen her family at fights. Um, <laughs> and then I've seen people like Mackenzie Dern who fought in front of the Facebook guy and nobody was allowed in. So it seems to be uh, uh, who gets tickets to the Apex is who. Wait, now time out. Because now I'm remembering that. Okay, <laughs> this is when Mark Zuckerberg, right? He came to the Apex, right? Mm-hmm. And it was basically just him. That it was, was like, there was no one else, right? That was Laurel. It was like him and his wife and Dana. Like that was weird. I was glad I wasn't on that card. Oh um, my gosh! Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you, people who are listening to this interview. And I wish it was live because you know the audience could maybe comment. But um, this is kind of crazy. This this actually happened. You know, and you, you don't you don't remember this thing these things because they don't like write about it enough. They don't cover this shit enough. But in essence, Mark Zuckerberg had his own little private cockfight show with Dana <laughs> right? <laughs> to sit there and like watch and and no one else was allowed in there. And this is off the pretext of, you 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 know, some fighters get a few tickets for family and friends to go. The whole thing is is a very awkward situation now because it's I'm going off on a tantrum, but I got to bring in Errol Hawani as an example here. I'm not using him as the pillar for all things right because he, he's got his own bag of things that he does that I don't agree with. But he mentioned this issue of fighters not wanting to fight in this environment. Mm -hmm. And you and you just brought it up and I want, you, I want you to talk more about it. But this is very awkward. It's not even the same size cage. So it's it's smaller. Um, the arena is is very sterile it's it's awkward it's it's you know it's dry it's like you're in a bit of an office building and it's small and you can't even get tickets for your own friends and family and when fighters are saying now hey i'd rather not fight in that like covid environment anymore i'd rather be in a normal environment they're still saying no to you i mean talk more about this and also other fighters have talked to you about it so i imagine they're feeling similar yeah yeah i think the i think the thing with fighters is usually a gamut of us uh, fighters to me remind me of um, factory workers during <laughs> during like the industrial period where most of us are like, bro, this isn't right and this isn't fair and we want things done correctly. But there's also a lot of us that are scabs that will go in there and fight in that stupid arena for $2,000 and make the rest of us look crazy. So there are a lot of fighters who don't like the environment. Like part of what we do, we know we're entertainers, but a lot of us, especially like me, I'm over 30. A lot of the older fighters who've been in the game for a while, we didn't get into this to fight for private closed cockfight shows. <laughs> we got into this because we love what we do. We got into this because we want to entertain because hearing the crowd roar or hearing the crowd boo or hearing the crowd scream. Like I was talking to my partner and I was like, I never thought I'd miss some drunk man screaming at me more in my life. <laughs> like I, I missed the guy, like the belligerent get up. Like I miss like all of it. I miss having my family. I used to bring my daughter to the fights. I used to have my like, our fights used to be like family reunions. I would have cousins driving from everywhere. So it does like this COVID 
environment when we're not in COVID seems counterproductive. And then when you start to do things like having Mark Zuckerberg for a private show and not telling the media why, not telling the fighters why, um, having like slap leagues going on in between, like you got Dana White's Contender Series, which I think is nothing but a scab production. <laughs> All you're doing is getting young fighters who will fight for less. Now, let me let me ask you, because I haven't asked anyone this question. How much do they get paid for Contender Series? Now, you may not know exactly how much. I imagine some people like that Bo, the Bo kid from Penn State is probably getting taken care of on a different deal. Right, exactly. But what are they getting paid? What's the general pay for that? The rumor, I don't know. I haven't seen any of these contracts. Hopefully, I'm like, let me not get sued. I haven't seen any of <laughs> contracts other than my own. Yes. Um, and I've only heard rumors, um, okay. seen what I've seen online. I think contender series is, I would guess at the low end five and five. Okay. Five so five, five for show five for win. Um, which I guess see, see Dana and the, and UFC sells it as, listen, this is an opportunity. <laughs> you know, like it's an opportunity. So in essence, you know, we shouldn't even have to pay you for this. You know, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, paying you would be like, that's kind of like, that's the, the icing on the cake, but this, the opportunity to get in the UFC because on the ultimate fighter, they don't pay you for that. Right. Technically. No, technically no, we were free. Um, we got a stipend for being on the show. And then at the end of filming Roxanne Modafferi, Dana came to the house and Roxanne was like, can we at least get win bonuses? And so I ended up getting 15K because the last day someone asked for win bonuses. So, but technically, yeah, you're, the Ultimate Fighter is not paid. That's why it doesn't go on our records, which as an Ultimate, let me, since I'm griping today, um, three of my wins don't show up on my record because they were on the Ultimate Fighter. And See, that, that's a bummer too, because I'm 10 and seven, but everywhere I go, I'm listed seven and seven. I never thought of it as as to reason why that. I mean, I know they can only go two rounds in some fights, depending upon whatever the judging thing. But when it does go three rounds, it should count as a fight. But the fact that it's not paid, that is the twist. That's what makes an exhibition, and that's why they don't go on our records. Because ah, like look at that! I've just learned today. I've had you for about a half an hour, Sajara. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just got like two more questions for you. Okay. Um, First one is, what are the immediate plans? I, you know, I cover Invicta religiously. I know you fought an Invicta before. Um, is that in the, you know, the wheelhouse of things you're considering? Uh, will you fight again in 2023? Well, I say again, but you haven't fought yet this year. I mean, do you plan to fight this year? You know, what are, you know, what's the scope of things? Um, and if you can't tell me because it's just too fragile right now and it's too much, you know, in the works, I understand that too. Cool. No, um, right now we're taking it step by step. I'm debating on if I'm going to look for another manager just to help um, expedite some of the talks I want to have with some other promotions. Um, that's a con managers are a conversation for another day. So I can go okay. on and on about why I hate MMA managers too. But um, <laughs> I, am looking, I am looking for some other promotions. I would like to fight again. I made a vow when I was 30 years old that I would fight as a professional until I was 40. So I got two and a half years left. Um, and I would like to fight for a promotion that's going to allow me, allow my friends and family to come watch my work. Um, that's going to allow me to fight in the venue where I feel like I can be myself and not feel like, um, you know, a cog in the wheel. Um, then I'd be certainly interested. Obviously, the promotions that come to mind are Bellator, PFL, and Invicta. Um, but first things first, we mentioned earlier, is is the weight. So I've been talking to some managers. I'm going to have to work probably 
I would give myself six to nine months to really readjust my body type because okay. the weight has been an Achilles heel. I'm just a little bit big for 25, a little bit undersized for 35. Um, and right now, PFL and Bellator go from 25 and 45. I ain't fighting 45. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to spend six to nine months really working on getting my muscle mass down because I'm, I'm pretty, pretty big. I got to put the weights down and um, uh, work on my size. And then I hope that you guys will see me fight again in 2023 and hopefully under a new banner and whom that banner will be. I'm not quite sure yet, but I, I will be shopping around. Um, listen, MMA Fight Club, Manny, I had a great time interviewing with you. This is an awesome channel, great content, great interview. So if you're an MMA fan, you got to make sure you come to MMA Fight Club. Listen to my man, Manny. He's got some great content, great question, and awesome fighters on the show. So make sure y'all check it out. Thank you for your time, Sajara, on Saturday morning. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. It was a great time, and please feel free to have me on again. I would love to. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. Peace. Peace.